0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, unwanted pets and relatives, it's Mr. Palumbo here. Today on the mailbag, we have a, well, it's kind of a text message, but we'll call it the mailbag. I got a text message from my sister-in-law, Serena, and she asks, quote, would you mind covering the topic of the three branches of government and the significance benefits thereof? This one is particular to Josiah, that's her son, my nephew. I've been looking for some material to help him learn and understand this concept. Concept. Did you guys catch that? Concept. Anyway, going back to the text message. I am no teacher by any means, but I do my best. Well, let me start off by saying thank you, Serena, for supporting this podcast and and uh, what we're trying to do here at Professor Liberty. And uh, I want to say right off the bat, you are doing your best. You know, parents, we give ourselves a hard time. You know, when you have a child, there is no, you know, the heavens do not open up, and a manual is uh, slowly brought down to earth saying, this is how you shall be a good parent. So we're doing our best. And uh, we love our children. If you love your children and you want the best for them and you're in their life, that's key. You know, get them off of the machines, get them off of TV, get them off the devices, get in their life. Talk to them. Have dinner with them. How was school? How are you doing? You know, those are key. And so, Serena, I know you're doing those things. And so I know you're a great mom and you care a lot. So uh, keep up the good work. So let's uh, start with some context. Uh, Josiah, I believe, is in third grade, and social studies at that level is a lot different than social studies in junior high and high school, uh, which is more of my wheelhouse. So I'm going to try my darndest to break it down and make it as understandable as possible. As the late Rush Limbaugh would say, make the complex understandable. We miss you, Rush. Parents and homeschoolers, if you would like to try uh, to have a dry erase board handy or some scratch paper, that would be fine. I'm going to try to paint a mental picture here. Uh, I did this last time with the nationalism staircase. I hope it works again this time. Uh, so if you have a uh, some writing materials, if you want to try to draw the diagram that I am going to describe, that would be completely fine. So let's begin. To talk about three branches of government, we got to start all the way back at the beginning, and we got to talk about the oldest form of government first. The oldest form of government is known as a monarchy. Now you could all say you could always say uh, despotism was the first form of government, which is kind of like a dictatorship, uh, but we'll go with monarchy. Monarchy means one person rules. Mono meaning one. And crassy, meaning to rule. Kings and a few queens have ruled by divine right. What does that mean? Well, divine right, or to say it in completion, the divine right of kings, meant that God gave them permission to rule. So you have to think about the divine for a minute. So close your eyes, think about God, home. Okay, don't flip out. This isn't Sunday school. But to start our diagram, we're going to want to draw something that symbolizes God or the gods. So at the top of your diagram, what are we going to select for symbolizing the divine? I normally draw a sun to symbolize the heavens, a sun and some clouds. But you can do a cross. You could do, you know, a gray haired old man sitting on the clouds. You could do whatever you want to do. And from that picture, we're going to draw just below it a arrow pointing down. Okay, so the top of our picture here, we've got the clouds, we've got heaven, we've got the divine, we've got God, and we've got an arrow coming down. And the next picture we're going to draw is something that represents the king. Now, this one's kind of easy. Most people just make a crown, right? A king has a crown, right? It's kind of a symbol of his authority. So... We have the heavens, we've got God, we've got an arrow pointing down, and now we've got the king. And now we're going to do another arrow after we've drawn whatever symbolizes our king, right? The crown, right? We're going to draw another arrow pointing down. And then finally, right under that arrow, we're going to draw a bunch of people. So hopefully our diagram shows this divine right of kings, and you could probably write that at the bottom, title this picture, And it shows that God gave the authority to the king, and then the king has the authority to rule over the people. Notice how this is a one-way street. This is a top-down. It comes from God. It goes to the king. It goes to the people. That's it. This would be one branch of government. And this was government for most of human history. The king is everything. He is the judge. He is the lawmaker. He's the leader of the army. He has all say in all matters. Like I said earlier, there's one branch of government, and it was him. Now, if you had a decent king, if you had a good king, I guess it wouldn't be all that bad. It's simple. This form of government is simple. It's easy. Things get done. One man, one woman makes the decisions. If you have a bad king, however, which most people were bad, most kings were bad, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely, you've heard the term maybe. But if you had a bad king, he could be cruel, he could be unjust. There were no real rights or protections of the people. If the king did not like you, he could just kill you with a snap of his fingers. There's nothing you could do about it. The government was in complete control, and one man had power over everything. What if the king wanted to take your land? He could make up a lie about you. He could condemn you to death, execute you, and take your land. And since there was only one branch of government, and that was him, there's no way to challenge any bad law or unjust behavior. Well, as time went on, and people became a little more irritated with just how ineffective and unjust this kind of government can be, people started to slowly stand up for their rights. Um, And by the time we get to the 18th century, we've got this French guy named Montesquieu. He's got a really long name. You have to look it up. But I'm just going to call him Montesquieu. M-O-N-T-E-S-Q-U-I-E-U. Gotta love those French words. And this guy Montesquieu argued that power should be divided into different parts, or like different branches of a tree. Each branch has its own power and responsibilities, so that no one person can be in charge of everything. If the king did something wrong another part of the government can look into it and maybe overrule him or stop him. Montesquieu said, quote, when the legislative and executive powers are united in the same person or in the same body, there can be no liberty. Now we're going to go over what legislative means and executive means in a minute. So hang in there, kids. If you're listening, I'm really trying to keep this uh, at your speed. But just know that If one person is in control, there's not a lot of protections for people. Think of it this way. This is kind of like you only have one parent, okay? So think about it. You've only got one parent or only one parent makes all the rules and the other parent doesn't really do anything. If you only have one parent, uh, say it's mom. We'll just pick on mom. Say you only have, say mom is in control. She's got all power and authority and dad doesn't really do anything, or dad's just not in the picture, period. Well, what happens if one day mom is angry, and she tells you to go to your room for the rest of the day because you spilt the milk at breakfast time? Now, let's be honest, kids. You probably weren't paying attention. That's why the milk was spilt. But it seems like a rather excessive punishment, right? It seems like the punishment's really extreme, for the crime. All I did was spill the milk. Now I have to stay in my room all day. And because there's only one parent, there's nothing you can do about it. There's no one else to plead your case or to look at the punishment or to talk to the mother and and maybe say, Hey, this was a bad idea or you've overreacted. So now let's look at it if you had two parents, two branches of government. And let's say dad comes in and he finds out what happened. And if he's smart, he'll let mom cool off for a bit before he gets involved. But he looks at it, and, he, and then he, just, he decides. He says, hey, honey, it seems like that's a little extreme for just spilling milk. And mom might agree. Mom might disagree. They have a talk. They, they, they argue. They, not, and not argue in a bad way, hopefully. But you see what I'm trying to say is when you have a government that is divided you might have more protections of your rights. Now, maybe you still have to stay in your room. Maybe dad agrees you've been a bad boy, you've been a bad girl, and you just need to learn your lesson. But at least there's a chance that you can be heard and people can't abuse their power. So after saying all this, now we see why the framers of our Constitution divided government into three equal parts— really relying on that idea from Montesquieu, that French guy we talked about earlier. They wanted to divide power so that no one person or group could abuse the people. Now, the names of our three branches of government are, if you're going to write these down, here we go. The three branches of government are legislative, the executive, and the judicial the legislative, the executive, and the judicial. Now, if you'd like to stop this podcast and grab your dictionary and look up these terms, that would be fine. I don't think I want to spell out every word. I'm not sure. I'm new at this podcast thing, but I'm not sure that is uh, conducive to the podcast format. So if you want to go ahead and pause this and look those up, and mom and dad, I would encourage... Uh, These kids need to learn how to look words up in the dictionary. Good skill. When they look it up in the dictionary, instead of Googling it, they're exposed to different words and they learn about alphabetizing. So anyway, let's look at these three branches of government. When you think of the word legislative, think of law. The legislative branch writes the laws. When you think of executive, that's the president. An executive is a leader, often of a big company or corporation. They execute things. Now that doesn't mean they <laughs> doesn't mean they kill things. Execute can also mean they do things. So the executive branch is the president and he signs laws, makes sure the laws are enforced, and he's also the leader of the military, and he's the representation of the country. He's the country's representative. And finally there's the judicial branch. That's the same word where we get judge, so that's the judges, that's the court, and the judicial branch is the rule keeper. They interpret the laws based on the Constitution. So the judicial branch is like that annoying friend that you play games with, but he always brings up the rules, like when you're playing Monopoly, and he goes, actually, you cannot do that until you do this. That's kind of the judicial branch, right? They they make sure that everyone is following the rules as written down in the Constitution. So when you have divided government, when you have branches of government, this other concept is going to also come into play. That's called checks and balances. Checks and balances. Checks and balances are how the different branches challenge each other and make sure they do what they're supposed to be doing so for example if the legislative branch passes a law that the president does not agree with he can veto it if he vetoes it that means he's kind of nullifying it he's he's canceling it okay it's not going to become a law cuz he vetoed it but it can go back to the legislature and they could if they get enough votes they can overturn that veto So the president vetoes it, he says, I don't like it, and the legislature gets enough votes and they say, well, we're passing it anyway. That's a check and balance. And I don't know what this poor law is that we're talking about, but let's say that happens. (laughs) Let's say the legislature sends it to the president, he vetoes it, it goes back to the legislature, they override his veto, and then it could get to the judicial branch and they could say, hey, well, it was unconstitutional anyway, and they could nullify it. With checks and balances, each branch of government can challenge the other, making sure no one has all the power. So let's review some terms here as we finish up. Monarchy. This form of government is where all the power is vested in a king or queen. Remember, mono means one, crassy means to rule. Divine right. This means God gave the king the authority to rule so even if he's bad, you can't challenge it because it's God's will. Montesquieu. This was an 18th century French political philosopher who argued for the ideas of separation of powers and checks and balances. Legislative branch. This part of the U.S. government makes the laws. Executive branch. This part of U.S. government enforces the laws leads the military, and is the face of the nation. And finally, the judicial branch. The judicial branch interprets the laws passed by the legislative branch and is signed by the executive. Well, there you have it, folks. There you have it, boys and girls. Three branches of government. I hope this was informative. I hope it was easy to understand. To any young people out there listening, Uh. My challenge to you today is to share this information with mom and dad around the dinner table. Talk about this as a family. Try to remember what these names that I gave, what do the, all these things mean? These terms, what do these terms mean? You don't have to be perfect, but if you really want to impress them, mention about the divine right of kings. Mom, I learned about the divine right of kings today. I think you would really knock their socks off with that as always, here at Professor Liberty, we seek to educate, inspire, and restore. If you have a question, a comment, an idea, please don't hesitate to email me. It's Professor Liberty1776 at gmail.com. You can also message me on my Facebook page. Don't forget to check out my educational materials on TeachersPayTeachers.com. Till next time, as it says on the Liberty Bell, Go out through all the land and proclaim liberty.